When was the last time you tasted your food? The last time that you noticed if it was tart or sweet, salty, and which part of your body noticed whether it was tart, sweet, or salty. My name is Valerie Hope, and I welcome you to Time to Come Alive. This moment is an opportunity every week that I have a fantastic conversation that helps you and me become more conscious, more connected, and as a result, even more creative. And each week I like to introduce you to a new guest, a friend, someone that I think would also expand our horizons. And today I'm so happy to introduce you in just a moment to that special guest. Before I forget though, I wanna make sure that you do not miss a single episode. So if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe below. Or if you'd like to get this straight in your inbox, please go to www.timetocomealive.com and you'll receive a notification every single time I post a new, a new episode. So look forward to seeing you there. Now for today's session, just wanna introduce you to this really phenomenal and quite intriguing human being. I had the pleasure of connecting with probably about a month or so ago. Her name is Momo Nishimura. And Momo and I actually met because she hosted a Zen eating experience on airbnb.com. And when my goddaughter and I decided to try something new, that's what we chose. And Momo, I have to say that it was probably the, one of the most fascinating experiences I've had, A, because you took your time and really helped explain everything that we were doing. You were so generous with the information you shared about this experience. You were also very patient with us. <laughs> Being in the West, we're probably not as mindful about our eating in general as, as you have grown up to be. And I, I had so much fun and I wanted to talk more during the session, but there were other people. So I had to be respectful of that. So I'm so happy that you said yes to being a guest on Time to Come Alive. Welcome, Momo. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Valerie. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yes, I'm absolutely. So no, this is great. Momo, what else should we know about you? Okay, so I am Momo, and I'm hosting Zen Eating, as Valerie uh, shared. And also, I, mm, I, I, I'm in Tokyo, Japan now, and I grew up in Tokyo. But I'm originally from northern Japan, and that's uh, countryside, and that's just three, four hours from Tokyo, but it's... Like, very very um rich nature and mountain area so that's where i am originally from and that's related with my experience as well like experience means zen eating workshop mm. so yeah we can talk about it later maybe a little more so much there's so much to peel back so let's I think the first thing we should explain to people, because I've already used the term Zen eating a couple of times, mm -hmm. what exactly is it for those who are unfamiliar with that term? Okay, so I hope everyone is familiar with mindfulness. And so this, uh, this activity or this workshop is uh, a little bit similar to mindful eating, but twisted or like based on Zen Buddhism teaching interesting what so what would be different from mindful eating and zen eating for example if you had to give some specifics okay so basically this is like um something like meditation so having meditation while eating that's the basic concept of uh mindful zen eating meditation and if you uh, if you ask me about the difference between mindful eating and Zen eating, then um, I'm not sure this answer is clear enough, but um, mindfulness is um, seeking something that's beneficial for you. 
like say for example like performance or concentration level or something like very beneficial for mainly business persons and then is completely opposite that ask you to um let let everything go and like release everything that you have so you are not seeking something beneficial in the term of zen buddhism so that's that's how beneficial zen buddhism actually it's ironic though it is ironic yeah <laughs> so it it benefits our performance <laughs> and it benefits our concentration yet zen is about not benefiting at all it's really about releasing any attachment to what one yeah. gets it's just being present in the experience yes then then you will find a benefit there mm. after wow releasing that's right yeah you have to release expectation in order to benefit from it <laughs> yeah. expectation is the right word to ex yeah oh really. cool now and you know, and also like uh then eating is more you know um something that you can practice in your daily life that's why i like about it mm, so true and i have to say because the experience was so unique and and mm -hmm. And just so a little teaser, we might have a little mini experience here. So you all get a taste of what Zen eating is about. Because <laughs> I think it, it, it only makes sense. Momo. Mm -hmm. but, but what I found is so fascinating. The experience was only an hour long, right? That's, I think that's what it, but it yes, felt like yes. it was, it felt like it was much longer. One is, uh, really? oh yeah, but not in the. I'm bored, when is this over, kind of longer. It was more as in, we went so deep in such a short period of time that time really mm -hmm. didn't matter, right? It almost felt like time fell away. And, mm -hmm. and what I thought was so beautiful about the experience is that you had us come to the session with food already prepared, mm -hmm. right? And so I remember uh, being really mindful of finding something that would taste good, even though it was not cold or hot or, you know, that it could be a room temperature and it would be fine. And I actually, <laughs> I made a conscious decision, which I never really think about it like this, but I made a conscious decision to bring something that had a little uh, heat, a little spice, mm -hmm. because I knew that it wouldn't be hot by the time I ate it, but that the heat in the spice would make me feel like it was hot. <sighs> Even that, even just what you asked us to do was so like, oh, I had a very intentional meal because of those instructions, which I don't typically think about. And I have food that has spicy, you know, has uh, spicy flavors in it often, but this one I made specifically because of your request and what I thought would benefit my experience. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. <laughs> There's more, <laughs> there's more. Uh, but before we get into more, I'll peel those layers back as we move through the yeah. conversation. But yeah. tell, me, tell me more about you and, and what is it about this style of eating and Zen Buddhism that drew you in? Sure, sure. Before that, I'm a bit afraid of, of the sound. Okay. Do you hear some sound from my side? Not right now. Okay, okay, then. Is there, okay. Air? Is there air or something? No, uh, the, the construction just started. I've started from like neighbors. Oh. And yeah, I'm released. You don't hear anything. Well, the good, there was a little bit of a, kind of a rumbling sound, but it sounds so far away. And plus okay. we're talking about mindfulness and yeah. meditative state. So we'll yeah. have a mindful conversation and blow, oh, block all the sound away. Yay! Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So, thank you. So, yeah, um, speaking of uh, my way of eating, what was that question? So, yeah. how did it like, begin? Why were you drawn to this um, particular style? Yeah, thank you for your question. So, I, um, so maybe I, the two reasons 
that I have started this experience. First, I have practicing Zen Buddhism and mindfulness for like eight, nine years for now. And I, I, I decided to start sharing my experience with people to help people to by telling people that being mindful is not difficult and being mindful is that uh, something that you can do in your daily life easily so say for example eating like meditation while eating is so easy and you don't have to take extra time to to practice that so if you do like sitting meditation then you have to take um extra time and i um personally practicing meditation as well but i don't do that every day actually so i discovered someday that i um i like doing meditation while eating uh-huh. that's yeah and i i loved i loved cooking and i i love cooking and i love food in general and yeah so that related um with my experience now so that was the first uh first reason that i have started and well but uh but i would like to add one more story about that so um I have shared healthy cooking with people first, like a couple of years ago. And that's because my mother had a very, um, what is it, chronical, chronical illness. A chronic illness? Yes, yes. That, that medicine can't care. How, how do you go? Yes, that's is good. that English? Rheumatism is in English. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So, like, it's not you know that um, dying illness, but that's so painful. And my mother had have had that for like more than ten years from from my childhood, and she. Um, she got better when she changed her diet, mm. her food, her food for like every day, and she, she, she quitted eating bread or like sugars, something sweet, and yeah. So she changed her diet to Japanese simplest way. That was, you know, like mm, we, our ancestors have like, ate for like more than hundred years ago. So, for example, can you give us some examples of what she changed? You said you, she removed the sugar and it sounds like the starches. But what yeah. kind of food was she? Did she begin to eat? Like miso soup and mm. rice, and. Okay. Not so many artificial flavors. So, oh, wow. yeah, so like junky food, she quitted junky food as well. And maybe a lo- little bit less quantity. Mm-hmm. So I have seen her dramatic change really? when I was in like, high school. Like, uh, uh, that, that the change of her diet. Mm. And so I, I lived with her in that, that time. So I changed my diet too, as, as she changed, because we share table every time. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah, that's how I have started, um, be interested in like healthy food mm-hmm. and how like i felt how food can give some impact to health for us wow. so, 
yeah, I just love healthy food in general. Yeah. That's how, how I have started thinking about healthy, uh, healthy body and healthy food. And, but that time I was just focusing on what to eat to have healthy body. Mm. And after a, a couple of years or like more, like after a few years and I have realized, oh, what to eat is important, but how to eat is more important, maybe, to, to know what is the best food for you. So. Yeah. That's really, you said so many things that are fascinating to me. I think one, and I feel intuitively, I've always known that to be true, that the food that we eat clearly has an impact on mm-hmm our body. And I know that mm. there's, I have some chronic aches and pains that are increased when I eat certain foods. Mm. So I often do my best to avoid those foods. And there are times when those foods are I'm a little bit more addicted to those foods sometimes because they're, you know, they're processed foods or something like, you know, I'm thinking sweets. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's sometimes t- difficult for me to turn down sweets. There are certain mm-hmm. foods also that I enjoy mm-hmm. eating. And so, so you're right. I think I've, I've been mindful in seeing how some foods affect my diet. And as last year I did a, an eating program and it wasn't necessarily mindful in the sense you're talking about, but we were mindful in certain aspects of the program. So for example, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the, in the 90 day program that I did, it was called wild fit, the wild fit, uh, mind valley program it was it was fascinating because Mm -hmm. they asked us to don't change anything about how you eat but start to notice the emotions that are driving you to eat or how you feel before during and after eating and so that was one thing and then as we, we we went through the program we started shifting some of the foods they would recommend certain seasons of okay eat this types of food now and i remember increasing the types of vegetables i ate there was a point in time where I remember counting the amount of vegetables that I had included in my diet. And it was, I think, 54 different vegetables. Mm. Like everything from garlic and onions to Chinese cabbage to daikon to... I mean, it was all sorts of things. And wow. to this day, I still, I still continue to eat a variety of vegetables, which mm. my parents are really shocked by because when I was a child, I hated vegetables. And I oh. would never leave the table because I couldn't finish my vegetables. And they said, you can <laughs> and watch TV or play until you finish everything on your plate. And I would sit there for hours and just say, okay, I'm going to win this. <laughs> So yeah, such a difference, such a difference. Yeah. Do you know why you didn't like vegetables? So great question. Um, What I've realized is, and I, you know, first of all, I love my mother and my father, Mm -hmm. of course. Um, My mother, it's her birthday today. So happy birthday. (laughs) I want to acknowledge her for that. Um, But Cooking was not really an art form in my home. Let's just call it that. It was very practical. It was like, you know, we ate a lot of the same foods over and over. I feel like the vegetables were usually overcooked or under seasoned or something. It just, they just were not appealing to me. And I'll tell you, I can tell you the exact moment that my, Mm. not so much the taste buds, but my attitude about vegetables changed. Two things happened, very important. One, is when I started to travel right after I graduated from college. And Mm -hmm. I lived with host families in different parts of the world, different countries. And there was nothing worse. And I saw my peers experience this. There was nothing worse than telling a host family, oh, I don't eat that. Oh, I don't Mm -hmm. don't like that. Without ever trying it, without ever tasting it. And I just, I could see how much time and energy and how much pride they had in sharing foods from their home, Mm -hmm. from their country and Mm -hmm. culture. But I decided I will try everything because I want to honor the people who prepared it. That was the first thing yeah. that I noticed in my 20s. So yeah. And then the most recent shift was 
when I dated a guy from India, actually. Okay. Time. And I remember he cooked for me. He cooked and he made a cabbage dish and a cauliflower dish. Wow. And there wasn't anything else. There was no fish or meat or chicken or no poultry, nothing. It was this, these two dishes. I think maybe rice, probably. <laughs> and I remember thinking, where is this it? <laughs> but of course, it was our first, you know, like, hey, you made a special meal, so I didn't want to make her feel bad. But then I tasted, I tasted the cauliflower and the cabbage dish, and it was delicious. Wow. It was so delicious. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel very fulfilled just having eaten this. And so mm. I expanded what I cooked and I love cooking like you. And I started to add and find different flavors and spices. I'm finding that my, my palate is, I like, I like more spice, spices, but not necessarily mm -hmm. have to be spicy. Mm -hmm. I add a lot of spices to my food. And so mm. Thai cuisine, Indian or Pakistani cuisine or Bangladeshi or something, right? Or, uh, uh, Middle Eastern or mm -hmm. Latin foods. There's certain, although Latin foods are, don't tend to be a lot of vegetables. But anyhow, <laughs> but I just started to change my idea about vegetables from oh. those two big experiences. And ever since then, I've just been increasing, increasing, increasing. Mm. That's, yeah, that's so interesting. Like, um, you changed your diet because you, you, found that you liked it yeah so, yeah I like how intuitive you are <laughs> it's not something that you refer something that mm -hmm. the nutri like nutrients say you have to take vitamin B certain amount vitamin C certain amount or something like, no. we we cannot always follow someone someone's teaching but you you can follow what you like so I like how intuitive you are. <laughs> well, don't give me all the credit because in, in your session and the experience that we did, um, there were a few moments where I realized that my food, I'm not paying as close attention to how I eat it. Mm. You said it too, right? You said it was not just how eat, what you eat, but how. And, and the yeah. two things that stood out to me um, Actually, I would, I'm going to wait until I share them because I think this would be a good time, Momo, to give people a taste of sure. what we're talking about. And then after that, then I'll share some of the insights that I think oh. might be helpful. So just another sure. teaser for people to actually hold on and wait and see. But, but how about we give them a little taste, Momo? Sure, sure. So, yeah, ho hopefully... Um people have like you guys have something to eat anything like snacks or fruit or like almond and nuts or anything is fine mm -hmm. so grab something to eat and yeah let's begin perfect so, well so i gotta tell you what i brought to eat and yeah you know I, the irony is that we've been talking about healthy foods <laughs> i don't have i don't really <laughs> healthy foods I have some guacamole, which is okay. That is not too so. So I'm, I have an individual pack. I'm opening it. This is for the ASMR people. Just opening my. <laughs> you can't really hear it, but. <laughs> and then I have some lentil chips that I'm gonna oh, use. Lentil chips. Yes, lentils. Oh. Yeah, uh, that I'm gonna use for the guacamole. So I'm ready. But yeah. everybody listen, if you are listening to this or watching this, go find something. Like Momo said, even if it's a snack, something small, but I'd like for you all to follow along in the experience. You get a taste yeah. of what she does. Yeah, it will be fun. Uh, it will be fun to join, not only <laughs> listening. Yes. So yeah, let's begin. So yeah, relax your body. Open up your body. And yeah, you can shake your body or sway your body and centering you. Now take some deep breathing. Exhale, full breath out through your nose. Inhale through your nose. 
chest widely open and exhale, release all the tension that you have in your body. Now you're relaxed. So put your palms together. Thanks to the food and thanks to the people who helped me to eat. Bow and coming back. Release your hands. Let's begin. So for the first bite, I'd like you to observe the food before start eating. Please start observing the food with your eyes, with your nose. Mm. You can move closer and deeply inhale. Imagine the taste by smelling it. Listen to your body as you smell it. You may feel that your mouth is watering now. Yeah. Yes, you are. That's the sign from your body that your body is ready for eating. Mm. So listen to your body first. And now when your body is ready, start eating. Put the food into your mouth. But for the first bite, no chewing. Let the food sit on your tongue without chewing, without moving. Enjoy the flavor of the food that is sitting on your tongue. You may feel a little different from what you used to do. Enjoy this strangeness. Relax your body. And start moving your tongue. Which part of your tongue catches the sweetness of the food? Which part of your tongue catches the bitterness or sourness of the food? Now start chewing. When your body is ready, slowly, consciously. How are you feeling now with your entire body? with your five senses. Open up your five senses again. Listen to your nose, mouth, tongue. Feel the food is passing your throat, then swallow the food mindfully. Take your time. Food is passing your throat. Down, down, down. Into the stomach. Enjoy the aftertaste. Now you may feel that your mouth is watering again. That's the sign from your body that your body is ready for moving to the next bite. Slowly put the food in your mouth and you can start chewing or you can pause a little bit if you'd like to. Enjoy being in the silence. Listen to your body. Slowly you can start chewing. Relax your body and face. Keep observing the flavor. For this bite, I'd like to invite you on a journey of the imagination. Can you imagine where this food is coming from? Where this came from? Imagine the environment. How long did it take to arrive here? 
as food. How many people helped you? Feel the connection and swallow the food with feeling the connection, the circle. Enjoy the aftertaste. You are connected with the food that you're currently eating. You're connected with the environment, with the farmer, connected with everything. Feel that you are in a beautiful circle. And listen to your body. When your body is ready, move on to the next bite. So if you continue, you can continue. Enjoy like eating in silence. But the session is, yeah, mini session is over here. Yeah. Mm. So thank you very much. Ah. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Whoa. You know, what was interesting about that, a uh, few things, just in this mini experience, um, mm -hmm. you know, when you said to reflect on how, well, where the food came from to get here, mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, I have so many, you know, these are both quite processed foods. Mm -hmm. So, actually made it harder to imagine like oh my gosh the amount of like i don't know to make lentil chips somebody has to grow the lentils but by the time it gets to become chips so much has to happen to that yes harvested and put in a can <laughs> right yeah. or a bag it's like oh my goodness so so that 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 made me a little bit i felt a little guilty mm. I, think I felt a little guilty because yeah, that's interesting yeah like one i don't know where it really comes from mm -hmm. or what is in it that now mm -hmm. i have like you said you complete the circle right it's a cycle with yeah. eating it that's one the guacamole similar because it's you know in, in this package and i didn't buy the avocado and make my yeah. own I yeah. bought it already packaged. So again, all the different pieces and people that had to have a part in it. Mm -hmm. um, it's so interesting. It, it sounds, it seems like it's much more important to have, not to have, but a, healthier options, I think, complete the experience. For mm -hmm. When I did this with you a month ago, mm -hmm. I actually created a vegetable dish that mm -hmm. I love with, I think it was, cauliflower and, and cabbage imagine that <laughs> in a different in a different preparation than my ex but it was something that um i really enjoy eating so it was only vegetables mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i remember not feeling that because mm -hmm. everything came from there's the cabbage here's the cauliflower mm -hmm. here are the, mm -hmm. the onions here's the gar i had all the ingredients and i made it myself so mm -hmm. i had a different relationship to the food. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mm -hmm. think about Momo, to be honest. I don't typically think about it. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, since our session, I have not thought much about it either. How mindless I eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, that's that's good learning from your you know everyday life. So we are not saint. So like feeling guilty is good learning. <laughs> and you can learn from that too. Guilty is good learning. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. And yeah, life is for feeling those, you know, emotions. And that's so fun to feel that's cool. those like, up and down. So. So, so tell me about, so your, your food journey, right? When, when you sure. said your mother obviously changed her diet and therefore mm -hmm. your diet changed, but what did you start to notice when you started to eat more mindfully? What, what kind of learnings did you have? Um, well, uh, I talked, uh, I talked about my grandpa grandparents' life mm. before 
I would like to talk about it here too. Please. So, uh, yeah, my grandparents are living in the very countryside and um, they have a mountain. So my grandfather, it's indulgent, but he, he has a mountain and he owns a mountain. So he goes mountain every day. He's 80, 85 or something now. And he's so, so healthy, energetic person. And I think he exchanged energy with mountain and the nature. So that's why he's so, you know, energetic. And what I respect their life about is they respect nature and they, they take blessings from nature. So it means like they always take wild mountain vegetables from like huge wild nature. So the point is like they are wild, not harvested by someone. So it's not farm. So it's like wild vegetables. So so energetic. So I I can't explain enough how energetic the wild food is. So you can know, you can see where the, that originally from, like where the food came from. You know, like you cannot imagine where the guacamole came from, but you can imagine like how this food grown. Nice. Like, so I, um, I just loved being in the mountain of his, um, of, uh, of my grandfather. And I, um, I just love the rich life in the nature. So I, I, that's, I, um, yeah, that I have started how, like, my food journey maybe. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and so, so you've learned from the energy of the food, right? Yes. Whether it's harvested, yes. whether it's grown wild, that makes a difference. I'm curious yeah. about what did you learn about yourself as you were eating some of these foods? What did you notice? You know, you asked me to think about the sensation in my mouth or mm -hmm. ask, you know, how, when it's going down to my stomach. So I'm curious about mm -hmm. what things you notice when you eat like this. Ah, okay, sure. So basically I am not following anyone's direction or anyone's method. So mm -hmm. all those, you know, um, triggers that I gave you now was uh, taught by my body. Mm. So I, someday I discovered that, oh, I, my mouth started watering after a few moments of fast bites. And when I don't like that, that food, then my mouth doesn't water much. So all of those things are taught by my body. So I am always ask, uh, asking to my body. So my, yeah, your body is your teacher. So my body is my teacher. So that's how this, how I discovered. And yeah, but yeah, but it's, it's more important how to listen your body. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that may be based on Zen Buddhism. So mm. when you are, when you are in silence and in peaceful state, then you can listen to your body. But if yourself is so, you know, noisy, in your mind, then you cannot listen to your, you know, subtle um, whisper from your body. Mm. So. I, I just love what you just said. I think, you know what, what's helpful to me now that I maybe mm -hmm. three, four years ago would not have noticed. I, I do practice meditation mm -hmm. uh, every day and it's, and it's been, I would say, 90% of the time, right? I miss everyone's a lot. But it's a lot. Yeah. You know, generally I, I aim for 30 minutes, sometimes longer, depending on the amount of time I have. So two things you said that I think were important. One is that I have to take time to meditate. I schedule yeah. time, right? Yeah. And so you're right that it does I create additional activity in order to do that. Yeah, you sometimes you have to hurry for making extra time for meditate. <laughs> so you make yourself busier. 
I do that too. Oh, no. I eat fast to meditate longer. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so there's so many things I um I think is interesting, but but you're right about being quiet and peaceful allows <laughs> us to hear. Um I noticed the when we did our session the first time I actually sat at my dining room table, which happens to be a high table. It's one yeah. of the pub style, they call gathering tables with high chairs and high table. And I've had it for 10 years and I love my table. Yeah. Just beautiful table to me. Yeah. And while we were having this experience, I realized that I was not able to get comfortable. And I was listening to all your prompts and I was following directions, but there are moments where I was like trying to find a good place to put my feet <laughs> against the rail of the chair or it was too far from the floor. So I was like, oh. and I just had this moment when I realized, oh, part of the problem is maybe not creating enough space and time to eat is because it's not comfortable to sit here. <laughs> I'm not comfortable at my table long enough to eat mindfully. So I blame it on my table. <laughs> it's my table's fault that I'm not able to sit. <laughs> but I also think having, funny. It, was, it was fascinating. And you said another thing that really intrigued me that mm. the mouth starts to salivate when it's ready to eat. Mm. And until you told me that the first experience I had, um, I, didn't, I did notice that prompt from my body that said, hey, put in the first bite. And I did notice that this time, my mm -hmm. body did not salivate as much as the first time. Oh, wow. So there we go. Guilt, <laughs> not salivation. <laughs> Sorry, lentil chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, we always eat, say for example, lentil dip and guacamole without consciously, subconsciously, we are uncomfortable, but without feeling that uncomfortableness, we eat it. Yeah. So this is a good reminder for us to pause. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I want to I talk about something you shared. There are two things that you shared with me that I thought, A, were pretty interesting. You've traveled quite a bit yourself, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Where Over. have you traveled to? Ah. Uh, more than, you know, 30, 40, 50 countries. But I have lived in India for two years and I have lived in Egypt for three years when I was a child. Awesome. So 40, uh, 50 companies, uh, countries, sorry. Um, I know I've, I've traveled, I think, to 31 right now. So I'm still, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But uh, <laughs> tell us, how has the travel you've done and the places you lived, how has that informed your mm -hmm. What have you uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the question. So I, yeah, first India. I I have lived in India for two years when I was uh, like oh, 20, 24 to twenty six or something. Mm -hmm. So um, and I realized how my um how my taste is uh used to Japanese food so japanese food is very um very subtle flavor but not that strong like indian uh spiciness and all the strong powerful flavor mm -hmm. so i i i i came to know that my body can't real uh can't digest those strong taste so i had stomachache a lot not only because of like hygienic problem, but also the spiciness and old oily oily food. So my body told me that uh, my body told me that I can't digest those strong food. So oh. yeah, and what, what happened? What did you do? Uh, well, I. I tried to find better, better food in India. <laughs> so I, yeah, so India, like, um, there are 
porridge in Indian food as well. So That's I always good. order porridge when I have to. Porridge? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wow. those were the options that I could choose. For two years, Mama? Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. Eye-opening experience. Oh, I can imagine. And so what about when you've traveled to other places, other countries? How does that inform what you eat and how you eat? Mm, well, I, I, um, I came to know how complex Japanese flavor is. And like, say, for example, maybe you know about umami flavor. Mm. So that was discovered in Japan, I think. So because umami is Japanese tongue. And yeah, so I, um, yeah, when I was traveling all over the world, I, <laughs> I sometimes felt like very bored to <laughs> this food and less variety. Mm. Maybe that's because I'm so familiar with Japanese food. So, <laughs> so you, were yeah. limited. you were limited in what you could eat. Yes, yes. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think that, that would have a lot to do with how mindful. Well, I think, you, like to yeah. your point, the more mindful we are of what we eat, right, the more we're paying attention, we can see yeah. how foods impact our body. And it sounds like you made a choice, right? So if somebody yes. put in front of you food that you knew or your body knew that it mm -hmm. wouldn't, well, what, how did you react? Like, what would you say? Um... Well, I try. Okay. Yeah, sure. But I, yeah, I, uh, I realized that after eating some sort of like daily, daily food, like yogurt or mm -hmm. cheese or something, mm -hmm. then my tongue caught it, is coated by those yogurt or something. Mm -hmm. And I can't taste well after eating those dairy, dairy, dairy. Wow. So, so that what I realized in India, maybe. Mm. So, because we Japanese are originally vegetarian, so we don't eat those uh, yogurt and all so much mm. in our culture. Of course, we eat more than in our life. Sure. But, but yeah, my body doesn't digest those food well, and I cannot taste after eating those, you know, coating wow. food that caught my tongue. That's your tongue. That's, yeah. So that's then I cannot taste anything subtle mm. after eating those food. So that was good teaching. <laughs> Very good teaching. I, I have one last experience that I thought would be interesting to discuss. I, I spent some time in, in Tokyo a few years ago. Mm -hmm. in Okinawa, mm -hmm. And I remember having a meal. Um, there are two meals that I remember very distinctly. Um, mm -hmm. One is when I went to Hiroshima. And it's, um, I can't remember how, what it's called. Okonomiyaki? Pancake? It wasn't a cake. It was a, it was... It was like a, it was done on a grill, vegetables and maybe rice or potatoes. I can't remember exactly. It's very typical. Oya, oya misu. Okay. It's very typical for that particular area. But I, I remember uh, the restaurant I went to was very well known for this particular dish. And the, the gentlemen that were cooking it were so excited. I think because I was an American and then, you know, I'm black. So there are very few people that look like me. And <laughs> they were so enthusiastic and so excited. And everybody would watch me eat it. Uh, <laughs> I was eating, they would watch and just, you know, to make sure I enjoyed it. And now oh, you like this and in whatever English and little Japanese I knew we communicated something. So that was a, one where I felt um, so cared for, right? So cared mm -hmm. for in my enjoyment of some of food. And it was very, it was like a local dish. It wasn't a fancy meal, but it was, mm -hmm. that was made, I think, with such joy and such yeah. care 
that oh, it sounds so special. Was special, yeah, it really was. Um, and I was there by myself, and so it was really interesting just to observe how excited they were to make sure I was taken care of. That was my first experience. And then the second one that stood out to me is I had a meal at the Grand Hyatt Tokyo. Mm. That's the hotel I was staying in. So uh, shout out to the Grand Hyatt Tokyo team. <laughs> they were so nice. Um, but it was, it, was, it was so special because I ate at the... Um, I don't remember the name of the restaurant. I have terrible memory when it comes to those things, but it was the, the tapanyaki, you know, the tepa, tepanyaki, mm -hmm. tepanyaki, tepanyaki. Right? Yes. And again, I was there by myself. And so I, I sat in front of the chef as mm -hmm. he was preparing. First of all, the, the grill was pristine. I, mm. I thought I was the first one there because it was so clean and clear. Mm. And every step, I just was so enthralled with how meticulous and how precise mm -hmm. and how simple the food was. It was mm. the most expensive meal I've eaten. <laughs> mm. And it was the most delicious in its simplicity. Mm. Simplicity. So, yes, it was um, several courses, but... I, I just remember, again, it being prepared with such care and such mm -hmm. attention to detail and how it was served. And so I felt compelled to also eat it with the same intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like as simple as it was, it wasn't large portions. There were very small portions. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling, okay, I got to soak up every moment, <laughs> Um, but it, so I just want to bring that out because I, it, it seemed to me that the way in which a meal is prepared also influences how we consume the meal. Mm. And so I'm curious about your thoughts on, on that, on, yeah, what are your reflections on how food is prepared and how that influences the eating of mm. it? Oh, yeah, thank you. Yes, that. Yeah, that's great intention actually, and that's why I liked um, that. Uh, that's why I shared cooking mm. with people. So I have shared healthy cooking, and yeah, that's definitely um, has connection with eating. But um, but in the other way. You can think, um, so this is what I like about Zen Buddhism as well, but um, Zen teaches us to um, don't, to not, um, not, uh, not paying attention to how expensive the ingredient is or how, you know, how cheap it is so hmm. it's or how rare or whatever common, so, okay. yeah so it can be anything like lentil or cabbage or it can be like foie gras or caviar or something mm -hmm. it's same value they have same value wow. so you can oh. you can't validate from how rare it is or how expensive it is. That is, and you know, that's, that's, that's a really interesting distinction because although in my experience of, you know, paying for a meal that I thought, oh, wow, this is, the ticket mm -hmm. is a lot higher, you know, <laughs> Wagyu beef and I don't even know, something on Papillo, <laughs> like it was very sophisticated uh, courses and, but, I spent probably the same amount of time I would have spent in any other type of restaurant, even if it weren't mm. really that level. Um, mm. And I would have, and my body reacts to the food that I put in it. And then doesn't know, oh, you're eating really expensive food right now. So mm. it doesn't, doesn't distinguish between that. So that, mm. that's fascinating to think about. Food has yeah. value. It's what our body decides to do with it. Yes, exactly. So that's how you listen to yourself, not someone else. Or mm. so your your yeah, your inner self is 
deciding what you how you feel, not outside like circumstances. You said okay. You said something before we started today about laughter. I want you to say that again because that was so brilliant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I was talking. We were talking about like connection with body and mind, mm. and what I was talking to you was um, you're laughing not because you're happy. You you uh, you become happier when you laugh mm. what, was that what you said yeah yeah, I said that. yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's so true I, and i think you just said the same thing about food right our inner mm. experience is yes. what drives our emotion not the yes. external so it's not that we see something or that we're you know we are happy therefore we produce there's plenty of ways some people are happy and they cry some people are happy and they, you know, they're yelling. <laughs> Some people are happy, <laughs> uh, but you're right. So laughter produces more chemicals than uh, contribute to happiness. But that's an inside exactly. job. Inside exactly. job. Exactly. Man, Mamal, I could talk to you all day about this. You yes. have been absolutely captivating in, in this experience and what you've shared. And I, I would love for people to know how they can connect with you. So... Can you share with us if there's any particular workshops sure. that you're doing or any of the work that you can tell us about? Sure. Thank you very much. So I am hosting the uh, small group session on Airbnb, like um, like you you attended. And uh, so, yeah, I hope you will link, you will share the links in the description box. and. And also you can listen to my audio recorded on Insight Timer. That's the meditation application. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, you can just type Momo, M-O-M-O -M -O, and space, Zen Eating. Mm -hmm. And you find me on Insight Timer and you'll, you'll be able to listen the audio recorded, the longer version of today's session. And also, I um, uh, recently I take more um, more sessions from corporate. So if you um, if you have teammate, then I'm very very happy to welcome you to my session session. So um, yeah, I I will again like I will ask you to um, uh, to put the, put the description box the links to my website. Right. and yeah corporate and conference like seminar so this is good great break for lunch lunch time so if you're organizing like web seminar or web conference then this will be amazing for uh, yeah you your experience in uh no 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 that participant experience will be amazing if you take if you give them have chance to experience at the lunchtime. Mm. So I had, I had, I, I had just finished the uh, giving session for 200 people at Ooh. the mindfulness conference, then uh -huh. in mindfulness conference. That, that was, that was amazing experience for me. And many people, like many people enjoyed it. So I hope I can help in that way too. Yeah. And all my social media, I have Facebook and Instagram and everything. So, yeah, again, like description box, you can refer. I will put so, all the links. And you also have a YouTube or you have a podcast? Uh, yes, I, I have podcast too. Yes, I know. Okay. I noticed you did not mention your podcast. So I'm like, Mama. Uh, sorry, <laughs> yes. So, Last but not least, I do have a podcast as well. So Momo, Space Sanating, of course, links is there. Yes. So. Oh, so, I'm so, so, so happy. Thank you arigato, so much. Arigato, arigato, gozaimasu. <laughs> so wonderful. I enjoyed it so much. Yes, same here. I, I think the, you know, the biggest takeaways, I think, for me, mm. are really letting my body tell me more and more what it needs mm. as opposed to my thoughts or my emotions or my, my ideas, right? 
So I think having, paying more attention and honoring, honoring my body more and more is, is important. Uh, and I'm getting better at it every year of life. The more wisdom I gather, the more, <laughs> the more I listen. <laughs> My body responds faster now too. So thank you for giving us such great tools. And I think the other thing I'm so taken um, with your approach is that it provides so much grace. You know, mm. the, there's no judgment about, exactly. oh, that's good. Oh, don't do this. And I think there's so much shame and so much um, judgment sometimes around the foods yes. we eat or don't eat or how much or how little or, Right. And, mm. and I appreciate, even when you said, when I told you, I felt guilty and you're like, oh, that's such good learning. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's so generous, so generous of you, Momo. And I'm so happy that you're able yeah. to share your message with us. Thank you. Yeah, that might, that might be the essence of what I would like to share. Mm. No judgment. No judgment. Just joy. Yeah. Just joy. Judgment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you so much. And uh, let's say goodbye to our friends. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad thank that you Thank you so much in. for joining. Yes. Now, oh, you should tell us in, in Japanese, you know, like a nice little goodbye or something so that people feel like, oh, you're all the way in Tokyo. They want to feel your, your, your heart in, in your language. Sure. Thank you. Arigatou <laughs> I just say thank you and see you again. Thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of Time to Come Alive. Uh, once again, just an opportunity to be more conscious, connected, and creative. And I think you see now why. <laughs> but please don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you get notified anytime a new episode is posted. Or you can also go to www.timetocomealive.com and subscribe so that you get an email right in your inbox every time a new episode is posted as well. Thank you all so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.